Welcome to the Think Orange podcast, where we want to encourage and equip leaders like you who are investing in the faith and the future of the next generation. I'm your host, Crystal, and for the next few weeks, we're getting to know some of the voices that you'll hear at Orange Conference 2023. This year, our workshops are led by some amazing thinkers like Roy Grant. Roy serves as the children's pastor at Church by the Glades in Coral Springs, Florida, and I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say about creating safe environments. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that Roy will be leading a workshop this year at Orange Conference called Redefining the Volunteer Experience. I'm sure that one will fill up fast, so if you haven't already, reserve your spot at theorangeconference.com. And for now, enjoy this conversation with Roy Grant. My name is Roy Grant. I am the children's pastor, like uh, she said, at uh, Church by the Glades in Coral Springs, Florida. Got a uh, family. My wife and I, we've been married for 18 years. That's my beautiful bride right here. And this is my oldest daughter, Kayla. She lives out in California with her husband. That's Nikki. Uh, she is my 23-year-old musician, my ballerina, Raina, and that's Destiny. She just called me just now from the phone on the way home from school on FaceTime. She's like, you know, we're talking uh, because we have a golf cart. Yes, we're that family. And um, so something's wrong with the tire. First world problems. But anyway, um, so uh, three dogs, two lizards, fish, and a turtle named Gideon. That's my life. All right. Um, In 1990, I moved to Florida from New York City and um, jumped into the world of DJing and emceeing, and then God was like, yeah, I know you're having fun DJing for kids. We're going to bring that fun and entertainment into the ministry, and so believe it or not, I started off as a worship uh, director for a few years, and then the door opened for children's ministry, and I was like, I'll check it out. Loved it! Um... (laughs) Became a children's director, then a children's pastor, and then God opened the door for me to be a campus pastor at a church in Pensacola, Florida. I was literally the only black guy in the town. Whole nother story for another time. We'll talk about that later. Um, Came back. Are you for real? That's how we do it. Anyway, oh, there's three of us. Um, So... Then we, I moved back to Fort Lauderdale, and I've been at Church by the Glaze now for six years, and it's been uh, six of the most amazing years of my life. I've got a great team. Some of them are here today, so shout out to the CBG Kids family in the house. Um, two years ago, guys, everything changed for us, didn't it? Uh, I mean, like, I, I don't know if you guys are Avengers buffs or you watch, like, Endgame. Remember when Cap was in that room talking to the people about the blip? And he was like, well, we, we, we need a response. We, we have to move on. And, and that's really what we're, we're, we're talking about today, the idea of just moving forward. We, we had to move forward. How many of you were in ministry or in your same role two years ago when, when everything was announced, when, you know, you had the, right, two years ago? A lot of you, a lot of you. How many of you just came into ministry? Ministry is brand new to you. Okay, welcome. I feel sorry for your kids' ministry. Anyway, um, <laughs> If you think about it, we're, we're really doing a lot of things now, right now in your ministries, whether it's the, the extra cleaning, the extra protocols, sneezing like this, giving each other personal space. We're actually doing what we should have been doing all along in the first place. And so, you know, there's really, really nothing new with the exception of this is the response that, that we've, we've taken. And so I'm talking about how do we create safer environments online and in person. 
And as you listen to that and you heard that I'm the guy from South Florida, you're going, why is the guy from South Florida teaching us how to be safe during the pandemic? <laughs> I actually get very offended when I hear people go, well, y'all didn't wear masks. Yes, we did. <laughs> they were snorkels, but that's a whole other story for another time. Um, when it comes to what we do in, in, in ministry, you know, how do, we, how do we get started when it comes to creating a safer environment? Well, I believe in order to create a safer environment, we must start with, with prayer. Prayer has to be at the top of uh, your forefront. Why? You, you know, Jesus is, he's our great protector. You know, all that anxiety, all that stress that we're going to face. Prayer is a huge part of security. Give all of your fears and anxiety to him. And the people said, Amen. And so that's what we're going to do now. We're going to start off with prayer, and then we'll jump into, um, really, I'm just going to share a lot of things that we've done, a lot of the things that you're probably doing already. Some of them should make you go, duh, we, we do that. And then others, you're going to be like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really think about that. I've learned a lot from just different children's pastors, uh, children's directors over the last two years. And so I want to share some of that with you. And if any of you have any input after I'm done, you want to share with me, I, I would love that as well, because I think, like Orange says, we're, we're a family, and we're going to grow together through all of this, so um, again, I'm just excited to be here. So let me pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to be able to share and to connect with amazing people. God, face-to-face, -face, we're back, and um, God, would you just bless this day, bless Orange, bless the opportunity that we have to pour into this next generation. We're so grateful, Father, that you would choose us, use us. I pray this only in your son's name. Amen. So prayer, like I said, a huge part of what we do, why we do it. What's at stake when you're thinking about your children's ministry? What's at stake? Well, when I, and the safety, when I think about what's at stake, I think about what questions parents ask when they show up at your church. And I'm aware that there are some small churches here, smaller churches. There's some larger churches, even larger than my church here. And that's, that's you know, that's incredible. But parents are going to ask the same questions no matter what. When they show up on campus, they're going to see the weird guy in the parking lot and, you know, start judging your campus. And how are my kids being taken care of while I'm in service? Do the kids come back excited? I'm like, Mom, I don't want to go back there again, please. <laughs> Were they safe while they were there? These are questions that as you're navigating, you know, how do we move forward? How do we engage? How, what is the response that we need? These are the questions that you should filter through as you're trying to decide what your next steps are in, in your ministry spot. Because parents are going to ask these questions. As you think about safety, safety in your ministries, the first group of people that come to mind outside of the parents, well, they are going to be your what? Your volunteers, your leaders. And these are people you, you, you have to, is somebody just in your ministry filling a gap or, or do they actually belong there? And believe me, this is a safety concern. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I, I know, and I've said it too before, we, we, don't use, we don't use people to build a ministry. We use the ministry to build people. Shut up. We need the people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys know what I'm talking about. Does that person belong in your ministry? What's their past like? Do you know what has happened in their past? You know, background checks. Are you doing those? Because those are important. And again, that's another duh comment. Of course, we do background checks. You'd be surprised. Not everybody does background checks. But it's, it's, it needs to be done. 
Are they Kidman material? Look for signals and signs that will point out a behavioral red flag. Because these are the people that are going to be in the environments that you don't have your eyes in at all times, and you have to make sure that they are ready to deal with the situations that arise. And you want to do this without them being the situation that arises. Amen? Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Why do you want to serve in kids' ministry? Again, a duh statement. Why do you want to serve in kids' ministry? But you, you should know that answer to the question because it's not just I needed a spot to serve. I got to check off a check because I need hours for school. Why do you want to serve in children's ministry? What, what, what ticks you off? What stresses you out? Well, I don't really like loud environments. You can't be in children's ministry! Uh, have you ever worked or served in Kidman before? Do you prefer groups? Do you prefer small groups? What are three words a friend would use to describe you? Let's put somebody on the spot. What are three words a friend would use to describe you? You know what's coming to you. Three words you would use, a friend would use to describe you. Detailed. Um, maybe OCD. <laughs> um, friendly. All right. Anybody else? Three words. Boom. You sit right here. I got you. Passionate, um, funny, and uh, curious. All right, see how easy that was? Three words that someone would use to describe you, and it's, it's important because if they don't know it, uh, that's not a good thing. Which ministry area do you feel best suited for in, in kids' ministry? If, if they don't really like being around people, then they probably shouldn't be the person that's standing in your hallway, right? If they don't like loud noises, then they probably should not be in your large group room. Again, these are all questions that you should already be asking, but sometimes we forget because we move. The ministry moves. We've got to move. We've got to move. We've got to move. Make sure you're asking those questions. Am I moving too fast? Okay, good. Your safety team. I'm going to tell you... Uh, I have a Kidman safety team at my church. How that came about is six years ago, I started at the church, and um, there was a young lady there serving in our ministry, and her husband was not serving. And we needed a spot for a hubby to serve. And so the idea came about, what would it look like if we were to partner with the spouses of the people that are already serving to get them involved in ministry? And so one of, our, uh, one of our guys, his name is Joe, came on board the team and started this safety team. Uh, we were a little bit out of our league at first. We had printed up shirts that said security. Don't ever do that. Um, and then we changed it to safety team. And what they do is they really, they, they walk around our, we have two different buildings. So our kids ministry is all the way on the other side and our preschool ministry is in one side. And they're in the same, same building that the large church is in. But they pr patrol the area of our ministries and kind of check all the doors, make sure the doors are locked. And listen, these don't need to be people that are actually in the armed forces or police people, but just a body with a t-shirt, safety, they walk around, they're checking your doors. And you know what it's turned into? It's actually turned into not just safety, it's turned into like a little life group or a small group. Because the men will meet, men and women, they will meet and they will talk about different things and share the word. And it's such a great thing. It's, it's grown into its own ministry. So as you look at your, your team, who in your church does have security training? I'm a firm believer of this next statement. Write this down. I didn't make it up, but I just love it. The answers to every challenge that you're dealing with in your church 
is sitting in your church. Everybody get that? The answers to every challenge that you have, that you're dealing with, is already sitting in the church. You just haven't asked them yet. So make the big ask. Find out, you know, who in your church has security training? What's the background? Um, we came up with different codes. So code red for us, lockdown. Code black, evacuate. Code blue, medical. Code green, all clear. And we have, you know, radios. And I'm not sure if everybody has radios or not, but we have radios, and we, that's how we communicate. I think we have one more code. What is it, code orange? What's code orange? Do we have another one? Oh, yeah, so if there's a lost child. You know, parents come to pick up their child and little Johnny's not in the room, they're freaking out. Your leader's like, we lost a child, we lost a child. You can't say that on the radio, just. And most of the time, the child is just in a different room, or, you know, they're in kindergarten, but they checked into, you know, preschool or pre-K, something, something weird happens. So we created code orange, and if there's a code orange, don't freak out, just, you know, go and search your classroom and ask for this particular name, and the kids, most of the time, that's where they are. So. Um, we deal with probably at our, our campus for a service um, about 200 to, to 300 kids in our elementary and about almost 200 in our preschool each service. We have four services on, on the weekend. And so uh, maneuvering all that and managing all that, I don't know, if, does anybody have a, a church that deals with larger numbers than that? Because I'd love to get some insight from you later. Larger numbers than that? Well, how, many, how many kids per service on the weekend? 400 preschool. Yeah, I had to quit. The, no, I'm just playing. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. What church is that? Cornerstone. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, and so, yeah, that's, again, Kidman safety, safety team. And when it comes to our safety team and, our, and our, our regular volunteers, obviously there's different ways of making sure that we have them equipped to do what they're going to do, okay? Uh, shadowing, you know, you... you for when our safety team guys want to be part of the team, they will come on, on the weekend after the background check, right? And they will shadow our safety guy around. So it'll be like just literally just a little shot, just walking with him, checking the doors, doing what they do, just to make sure that they understand what's happening, okay? Deeper training. So again, make the big ask. Somewhere in your church, I promise you, there are police officers that attend your church. And they're not serving. They're not. They're coming to church. Nothing wrong with that. They're coming to church and they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're going to get fed. They're, going, they're trying to lead their families. But if you make the ask and find out that there are those people there, they may want to serve or they'll help you arrange a training for the people that you have serving in that particular area of your ministry. That makes sense? Um, emergency training. I'm sure you have someone that has done CPR certifications, active shooter protocol. We have. Uh, we just did. Actually, last year we did an active shooter protocol training at the church. You know, we're, we're still recovering as a, a a state, as a city, over the shooting that took place on on um, Valentine's Day years back. And so, you can understand when it comes to the safety at our campus in particular, we, we're only, we're literally five minutes away from, from the school that, where that took place. And so uh, we're, we're always on high alert when it comes to the safety at our, at our campus. Uh, our pastor, our lead pastor has received, like I'm sure so many of you can attest to this, our lead pastor has received threats. Uh, we've had, you know, people try to rush the stage. It's, 
It's supposed to be church. We're supposed to be singing. But no, this is, this is what we go through. And so when it comes to safety, we take it very, very, very personal and very close. And so making sure that there are people that have these uh, trainings, again, American Red Cross and child abuse training, all those are really important when it comes to creating safety and safer environments for our people there on campus as well as online. Volunteers. So, you know, a lot of times, and I'm sure you, you've dealt with this, someone starts serving in your ministry, you might have known them for a while, and you say, yeah, uh, oh man, I'm so glad you're here. Listen, um, uh, could you go with, yeah, go into the classroom, you take second grade, boom, and you, you go, because you're moving. You guys know, we move on the weekend. We go, we go, we go. But they have no clue what to expect when they go in that classroom. No one has warned them. Warn them! Like, don't just throw them into the classroom unprepared. Like, be honest with them. Uh, yeah, little, little Johnny, he, uh, little Steve, he smacks. Don't, yeah, you don't want to take him off. Uh, make sure, like, these are all things that happen. And yes, we're in South Florida, okay? Okay, I know, South Florida. Um, we can't assume that they know what Kidman is. Make sure that you're being honest with them. When you're sitting and you're talking about what we do in our children's ministries, be completely honest with them. Be transparent. Um, walk them through a typical service, even without kids in the environment. This is what it looks like. Come inside, sit down. We have our, you know, our opener. Then we go into our large group. And in our large group, you know, we're doing our worship. You don't just sit there, small group leader. We, got, we want you to get up. We want you to have some fun with the kids. You know, if we're doing silly dances, we want you to do silly dances too. All these different things. I promise you, all of these things will add to you creating a safer environment because you don't have people that are just wallflowers. They're taking an active part in your ministry. They're owning it, owning the responsibility of making sure that they are involved at a higher level. Amen? Feeling good right now, man. Just... Group training. Um, group training, again, another aspect of creating that safe safe, safe environment. Group training is so important. And in all honesty, you know, I've been at the church now for six years and group training has not been something that we've done all the time. It's something that we've talked about. Hey guys, we're going to have a big group training on this date three months from now. And then something goes up. Um, right now, what we've started to do since uh, the end of last year is we are, we're meeting uh, we're meeting once a month. We're doing quarterly trainings now with our team where we all get into all the volunteers. So we are all in an environment and then we talk through the different protocols, talk through the different things that we need to talk about as a team so that everyone is, is aware. Is it always easy? No. We had one of our um, team leads that had to go out of town for uh, the meeting we were going to have on Saturday. So then she arranged it to have it with her team on Friday night. Do whatever you can do to make sure that your people are in the know. Because... Uh, Listen, our people have jobs during the week, right? A lot of us have jobs during the week. It's not just children's ministry. We have jobs during the week. And they show up with the baggage that they've dealt with from the week. That adds to your lack of safety in your ministry. So make sure you're doing everything in your power to connect with them at a level that gives them the ownership in your ministry. I heard, I hear volunteers say this all the time. Well, I'm just a volunteer. I'm just a volunteer. You're just a volunteer. No, you're not. You are part of the life force of this ministry. Without you, I can't do what I do 
We need each other. So make sure that you're pouring into them at a level that, again, gives them responsibility so that they can be a part of creating a safer environment. Our private YouTube channel, you know, when the, when the pandemic first came about two years ago, I'm sure just like many of you, you got that email or that phone call from your pastor. Listen, guys, we are going to be uh, going online. We're building our online muscle. Don't bother coming to the campus. You started thinking, do I still have my job? See, the way my bank account set up, I got to. And then you started remembering that you said back in the day, I would do this for free. You were listening to Elevation Worship at that time when you said it. And the reality of it is, this is where we're at. So we needed a response. We needed a response. And thank God that we are alive in the generation that we can reach out and touch someone on the other side of the world simply with setting up something online and pressing play, right? And so we, we jumped online. We, we Listen, we... We failed and we succeeded in quite a few different things. Uh, uh, Instagram, live, uh, we learned the hard way, you know, don't just let anybody into, anyway, yeah, that's on that story. Um, YouTube channel, we started a YouTube channel for our service in kids ministry. All we did was we set up an iPad in the back of the room, broadcasted it live, and then had someone in the YouTube chat speaking to the people as they came on. And there's a way that you can make sure that you know who's coming on before they come on, right? The YouTube channel, we used to use it just for our praise team videos. Like, we would record our praise team dances, you know, dancing, doing a thing, thing. And we would record it and then send it out to the praise team. They'd practice it, then they'd come on the weekends, they'd know their stuff. But then we started using it for our, our, our services, and we built up a, a cute little following. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think, what else did we use? Uh, we did not use Zoom. Um, big Church did. Anybody, does it, am I the only person that calls, you guys call it Big Church, right? You have somebody that visits your ministry and you say big church and they're like, what you mean big church? This is, there's a bigger, anyway. So um, our big church was using Zoom and, and, you know, we got it down to really cool science on how to use Zoom over there. But for kids ministry, it was, we didn't have the equipment that they had in, in big church to do so. And so don't think that you can't do it. If you have a phone, you could do it. Just get the message online. That's the idea. Um, make sure, for us, Orange made it so easy because Orange had everything detailed for that online experience. You guys remember that? Some of you probably still use it. And what we did is we would t- take the online experience and we'd edit it. We'd put in like our own MCs. We'd add our own worship. They're smiling because y'all did the same thing. And we would edit it and put it on. And we had like this, you know, 35-minute presentation that people would sign on and they'd watch. And it was awesome. And for us, for you, our online muscle grew like never before. Like how many of you right now, as you think through what's happened in the last two years, how many of you would have expected that this many people would be signing on to online to watch your church service? Like when you're inviting people, you're inviting people to an online service. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, thank God, I, I don't know. Let me ask, who is, who's not meeting in person yet? Okay, everyone's meeting in person. Okay. Not meeting in person yet. Okay, okay. And listen, it's going to be different in every part of the country, every part of, of the world. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm down in South Florida. Think things are a little different. But we have to make sure that we are aware of what's happening 
elsewhere because you're going to get into environments like this and all of a sudden you're talking like yesterday we're talking about mask wearing and, and, and not mask wearing and uh, Reggie said it so great last night whereas we're not here to debate any of that stuff. We're not here to debate politics or anything. We're just here really, again, what's your response? And for you and I, it's all about maintaining the fact that we, we're human, man. We're going to mess it up. We're going to make mistakes. It's going to be complicated. We talked about that last night. All this stuff that we're doing, trial and error. Trial and error. I'm not here to tell you which alcohol product you should use to clean the toys in the preschool ministry or any of that stuff. I'm here to, to remind you that make sure that you have the right people doing that because if you're going to do it, do it right. You know what I'm saying? All right. Let's see. What is next on here? Accountability. I hope these slides are helping. I, I wanted to make something that you guys can take pictures of and, and um, be able to take stuff back with you. A lot, again, a lot of the stuff you should already know when it comes to accountability, making sure how do we keep safe environments. Make sure it's just not you and that child. It can't be you and that child. It can't be, it doesn't matter, but, but I know him. I know her. I know the mom. Yeah, but the person that's watching you doesn't know that you know him like that. Please don't be in an environment, an environment where it's just you and that child because it will, can, and will create a challenge for you and that child and your church. Always have more than two volunteers in the classroom. If you're meeting with a child, make sure there's another volunteer there that is there with you. Um, floaters. We use our floaters. Uh, how many people, let me ask this question this way. Somebody shows up on Sunday like, I'm here to volunteer. How many people, by show of hands, says to that person, we don't have any place for you to volunteer? Said no one ever. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll utilize a spot. If, if, if everything's filled, there's, there's always a spot. They can be a floater. And what I mean by that is someone that's already a registered volunteer, someone that's already, they'll show up. But, uh, okay, well, man, you, you can be a floater today. What I want you to do, just uh, take this clipboard. What are you writing on the clipboard? I don't know. Whatever you want to write. Anyway, go into every classroom. Just peep in. Just pop in. That's it. Go to the next classroom. Just pop in. Don't make any noise. Don't disturb the class. Just pop in. Why? Well, all of a sudden, there's an extra eye level of accountability that walks into the classroom and keeps things safe. I know it sounds silly. I know it's like, well, it's just an extra thing to do. But don't ever send the volunteer home because they may not ever come back again, right? Give them something to do. That floater situation works for us a lot. Um, never alone, never isolated. Have clear identifiers. I'm very, very proud of this shirt. This is our new, this is our new Miami Heat logo shirt that we just created. Anybody a Heat fan? No? Okay. Anyway, um, clear identifiers, um, name badges. For us, we like to wear our, our, um, our stickers on our upper left side. And why? You know, some people think it's cool. I'm put it right here, or I'll just, you know, I'll put it on my sleeve. No, eye level, people can see it right away. You know, you don't want anybody doing this. You want to make sure that there's a clear identifier in your ministry at all times so that when a parent comes in, none of those questions they were asking in the beginning, is my child safe? They want to know right away, right away, is this person, is this person supposed to be here? And I know it sounds, again, it can sound like, well, yeah, we should know this. Yeah, but... It, Things move quickly on the weekend, and we forget because we move so quickly. Make sure your people are wearing their name badges. People know who they are right away. Do your volunteers know what, know who to go to when specific situations arise? So, like, you know, 
if you have a, a, a parent that comes in that needs to speak about a specific situation, like uh, my child is dealing with, with autism, um, or my child is dealing with this particular challenge, who do they go speak to? Like, are there, are there actual people that are, are, are designated for those conversations? Do they know who those people are? Because a lot of times they'll just go to their direct leader, and that direct leader is thinking about something else, and they're thinking about something else, but is there someone that's actually focused on that particular area, whether it's safety, whether it's conversations with parents, whether it's uh, the child needs help with a particular thing, does the volunteer know who to go and speak to? They should know who to go and speak to. Safety. This is a big one. Your people, my people, I'm sure you've heard this line. Let me get out the way you see the picture. I'm sure you've heard this, this line. Um, oh, but I love it here so much. I'll be, girl, just put me down for every week. And in the beginning, you're, you're pumped up about that. Yeah, I got a, I got a diehard volunteer. Ooh, this is going to be good. But they are, not they may, use the right verbiage, they are going to get burnt out. And if they get burnt out, that is a safety concern for your ministry. It is a safety concern. Um, are they attending services? How many of your volunteers, let's just say you have, mo- how many of you have multiple services on the weekend? Okay, okay. Are your volunteers showing up, just serving, and then going home? The, hear me on this. They are going to burn out. I know that sounds, no, they're not. You know, they, they are getting fed a little bit because they're coming to the ministry and they're giving themselves away and, and they read their Bibles. No, no, no. They're going to burn out because they're not embracing the body of the church. Not embracing the body. They don't know what the lead pastor has on his heart. Your lead pastor leads your church. He gives you direction, gives the church direction. They must, they should, they have to attend service. Now, again, I get it. They can't do it every week. Understand, get it. But there should be a minimum. Like you need to make sure that you are attending our main service at least twice a month. You have to because you've got to know what's happening in the body of, of your church. They will burn out if they don't. If you're only using them for special events, they're not really part of your team. Not, and you have some cool people that can come in, but they're not really part of your team. And make sure that if you're going to do that, that you have actually identified that in the beginning. Like, in other words, Mary is a, um, she works for a production company and she does like set design. Well, make sure that she knows, because she's going to want to know this, She's coming in when you do your big set change in the beginning of the month for your new series or something like that. Your role, you are our set person designer for kids ministry. Like, make it big. Make it feel, man, I, yeah, I'm the set person designer. I'm going to come in and do my, she's, she's going to develop her own group of people that come in with her. Make it bigger than it is. If it's just, hey, by the way, we're doing set change this Saturday. You want to come in? Yeah, yeah, I'll come in. They're going to burn out. And eventually they're just not going to want to do it. It's not fun. Make it something that's bigger than life. Because kids deserve bigger than life, right? You guys believe that? I mean, what we do is so important. Every single one of you, every single one of your volunteers, our roles in teaching and sharing Jesus and his word with children, it's the most important thing that we could do. We are shaping 
We're shaping the future you's and me's. And it's that important to keep them safe. So ask your volunteers questions. Stick around long enough to listen to the answers. How many times do you do this? Ready? Hey, man, you, how you doing? You doing good? All right, man. But he didn't tell me he was doing good. I don't have any clue how he's doing. And I know, I know we're running on the weekend. I'm running on the weekend. But make sure if you ask that question, what's up, what's your name? Josh. Josh, how you doing, man? You doing okay? I'm doing good. Everything, everything good at home? Yeah, man, all right. Good to see you. Boom. Move on to the next. Keep going, going. Like, actually stick around to get the answer. I, I've done it. I know you've done it. Because we're the same. Mary, everything good? Yeah. No, no, it's not. Huh? Uh, oh. All right, then you come back. Uh, it, it, it's, like, it's like praying for people. I, again, and I take, this, I take this serious when it comes to kids' ministry. We should be leading out in this. When you tell somebody, I know this, this is free. This is extra. Oh, this is extra. When you tell somebody, hey, man, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Just pray for them. Right there. What, I'm, hey, could you pray for me? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it later. No, you're not. You, you won't do it later. I'm not judging you on your intentions. We all have great intentions. Can I tell you how much the Spirit in you and I works the second we decide there's nothing more important for me to be doing right now than to stop and simply just pray for you? That person feels so connected to what you're doing, and they're just not a person that's filling a spot in your ministry. And because of that, you're creating a safer environment for your children in that ministry. Um, shepherd your people. Again, same, same, same idea. Um, don't be a kidman silo. <laughs> How many of you have your kids' ministry in a different building than, your, than big church? Okay. How many of you are in an environment in your main area, but it, it's still, you know, it, it's far away enough. Can you still hear what's, you can't hear what's happening over there. Okay, good. Most of us. Becoming a Kidman silo means, again, like we talked about before, this is kids ministry. Nothing else is important. It's not true. Every, the whole place is important. I can't tell you how many times when it comes to events, you know, I'm blessed that the student team there partners with us for our kids camp, just like I'm sure many of you, and that's how we're able to do such a successful kids camp. When student camp is there, our volunteers and our leaders will go, I'll go, and we'll volunteer and we'll help out in student camp. If you become a Kidman silo, your pastor, your lead pastor has no clue what's happening in kids ministry. And I tell you what, my executive pastor, uh, who's my boss, I love him to death. He doesn't know what's going on in kids' ministry. No clue. And he's never going to ask me. Now, when I say that, it's because of the trust that he has in me, okay, and, he, and trust that he has in our team. And it's funny because the kids' ministry is that team that he knows he can call on, and we're going to go and get the job done. I don't know if you guys deal with that, where something's happening in your church, and the pastor says, hey, let's call such and such from kids' ministry. They'll get it done. And your team looks at you like, Wait, why are we doing this again? We, we, we have our own stuff. We're part of the church. We're doing this together. We're the body of Christ. Don't become a silo. Make sure that you are in communication, leader. Make sure you're in communication with your lead pastor. You know, uh, coming to Orange, a little bit difficult for me. Let me tell you why. So our lead pastor is actually on the board of a, a different organization. Uh, so, so C3. I know many, many of you may know about C3. Well, uh, Pastor Ed Young. 
And so it's really, really difficult where we have our lead pastor on the board of C3, and they actually have Elevate, which is their curriculum, right? And I'm over here like, I'm using Orange, Orange is the bomb. But if he's on the board of C3, why aren't I, well, how come I'm not using Elevate? Well, because I, I'm not dissing Elevate. I, I love Orange, and so I'm, I'm here, I'm using Orange. So it's always like one of those, I'm so glad that he trusts me enough he trusts me enough to send me here to allow me to be here because he knows that what we are doing through Orange is benefiting our kids. He could easily say to mom, hey, you know what? I'm on the board of C3. Make sure you're only using Elevate. He won't do that. And it's a trust. I'm so grateful that he does that. Yeah. And your lead pastor should have that type of relationship with you. Your executive should have that relationship with you where he knows and believes in what you're doing in your children's ministry. Not only are your kids are growing spiritually, but you are doing everything in your power to build that safe environment through you, through your volunteers. It all, it all works together. Your volunteers are part of that lifeblood that keeps your kids safe. Don't forget to give your people a break. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know why I laughed at that. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know what you're thinking. Uh, what you mean a break? <laughs> we, we need them on the schedule. Ain't no break. If, if little Mary that serves in the preschool ministry who is, you know, 50-something, 60-something years old is serving every week, I, I kind of get that. You know, she's older. She, the kids love her stories. It's, it's sweet. It's cute. But you got to give her some time off. You got to make her take it. You know why? You make her go. Listen, I, you can't be here this weekend. Don't come in this building this weekend. The time that she spends reconnecting with God at a level of just her away from what you're doing brings them back with so much excitement and energy to be back inside your environment that they come back refreshed, they come back refilled, and you in that moment have created a safer environment for your children. And not just little Mary, I'm talking like your, your teens that want to be there all the time because they love it and they might be getting um, um, credit, uh, is it credit? Credit for, for service hours for school, you know. I get it, yeah. No, you, you need to not be here this weekend. And, and, and they'll appreciate it more when they come back. And they'll know that you valued their growth. You valued their time alone with God. You valued their spirituality, their spiritual growth. And again, I, guys, things are going to happen. I know we need hands. We need people. But it may mean that you and I do a little bit extra that weekend just so that they're not there so that they can come back that much more refreshed. And when that happens, you create a better and a safer environment for you and for your children. All right, communication. Take a picture of that. All of these things, you know, again, you should already be asking yourself and your people, how do your volunteers communicate with leadership? You know, is it, is it walkie-talkies? Um, some people are like, well, we can't afford radios. That's, listen, I get it. It's budget. Do you have a cell phone? Yes. Um, do you have a smartphone? Yes. Well, download an app. Download Voxer. Download, and Voxer's this app, oh my goodness, we used it in my last church, and every time you hear that little beep, 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 we want to throw the phone through the window, because then you create chats with like 40 people in it, and if you don't know how to silence it, people are sending happy faces and stuff. Why are you sending happy faces? Um, you can download an app if you can't get a radio, and then make sure your, your 
you know, I'm sure everybody has ear, ear pods now or something. Make sure that they can hear when that, when that app goes off. Any, you can do anything right now to make sure you communicate. Communication is big. Make sure every, every classroom has some way of being connected to what's happening inside your building and in your ministry. How are your kids given bathroom access? Is one child going to the bathroom by themselves? No. No, you have to make sure that that child is escorted. But these are things that you know. And again, it can slip our minds. It can slip our minds easily because we move. We move quickly. But this is all about creating that safer environment. Make sure that it's the buddy system, that they're moving together. All right? Um, rooms that are not in use. How many of you have rooms on your, in your building and kids' ministry that on the weekend, they're just not in use? They're, they're there. They're not in use. Lock the door. You must lock it. And I know you think about that, it's like, but... Why? Because kids, adults, teenagers, they will find a way to go into that room and probably do things they shouldn't be doing. Or little Johnny or little Sally, whatever, they're hiding in the room because they figured out right after they came out the bathroom because they weren't being escorted that they can go into this room. And now parents come back and they're looking for the kids. Where's the kid at? Well, they're in a locked room. No, no, the room wasn't locked. Locked the room. And for us, our safety team does that. So the safety team before service and during the service, they'll go, again, and check every single room. And when I say safety team, it's not this big thing. It could be, you know, Jenny's husband that ain't doing nothing on the weekend but home watching TV. Make him important. Get him to church. Give him a role. He should be there serving with, her, with, 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 his, with his wife. I think it would be pretty awesome. Um, what is your lockdown procedure? Do you have one? If something happens, do we all have lockdown procedures? If something goes wrong and people hear that cold red, what are you doing? Are you able to do a fire drill? Are you able to do a drill? We, um, we are in the process right now of, of setting up a drill on an actual Sunday, and that's going to be a little bit crazy, but we're going to do it. Our school, our church during the week is an elementary school during the week and a preschool during the week. And so we've watched them do drills with, with their kids that are there. So why not try that on the weekend? It's going to be kind of scary, but we got to do it because when it actually happens, I want to know that the classroom two is supposed to be standing by that tree, not just assuming that it's going to happen because we have the notes or we've told them what to do. No, physically walk them through it. It's going to add more safety to your ministry but it's going to be such a pain on the weekend. Do it anyway. Figure out when you can do it and do it. What's your exit strategy? Same thing. Do your leaders know where to go in the event of emergency and make sure that you have clear signage. I was laughing earlier because I was going through pictures and I saw this one. When coughing or sneezing, cover your mouth or nose. (laughs) Remember I talked about earlier, like, these are things that we should already know that we should have been doing in the first place. But, like, there's literally a sign there now in our lobby that remind people when coughing or sneezing to cover your nose. Be human. Be human. All right, guys, we're wrapping up soon, I promise. How to avoid burnout, cleaning policy. Do we do communication, exit strategy? Okay, in cleaning policy. So, again, cleaning policy. Things you should know. Keep your environment safe. Um, How often are you deep cleaning your carpets? (laughs) <laughs> deep cleaning the carpets? We haven't deep cleaned the carpets in a while. They're filthy. <laughs> like, they're so filthy. Um, it needs to be done. I-, I know it's an extra cost. I know it's an extra thing, but we vacuum. No! Deep clean your carpets uh, a few times a year. Have it done because they are just 
sitting there building up from everyone that's thrown up and spit up and done everything else on those carpets. They must be deep cleaned. Um, how often are you cleaning your toys? Obviously, you know, you guys know the answer to that. Every Sunday? <laughs> oh, I feel sorry for that third service on Sunday. <laughs> Clean your toys a lot. Make sure that they're being cleaned, you know, from the, from before the kids come in. And, and now, you know, again, remember we said these are things that we should have been doing before COVID happened anyway. Cleaning before service starts. Grab an extra volunteer because they're more. Their only job is cleaning. They can, they can clean. After service, clean the toys because we want to get it set and prepped for the next team that's coming in. Again, I know you know these things, but it's easy for us to forget because we move so quickly, okay? Um, is there a specific person that handles the cleaning aspect? Again, volunteers, there's so many different people that come in and we're like, well, we don't have any place for them to go right now, so we're going to make up a spot. Make up a, you are the cleaning director of children's ministry. You are the elementary room two cleaner and every Sunday or every other Sunday, that's your job. I promise you, it will not go to waste because you're going to create a, what? A safer environment. Yes. All right. Group etiquette, behavior, allergies, special needs. Uh, we have our, our special needs uh, ministries called Side by Side. You know, when it comes to special needs ministry, making sure that we have, you got to have a passion to be in special needs ministry. Like not just anybody can do it. If you don't have a passion for being in that room with those children, uh, it's very near and dear to my heart, my, my little, anyway, very near and dear to my heart. If you don't have someone that is passionate about it, they are going to get burned out because the things that can happen in that room right away in a split second by a child that's dealing with something like this is going to scare the living mess out of someone. So make sure, again, you're doing your due, due diligence and putting the right person in that, that room. I'm watching the time, so I'm trying to move quickly. Again, uh, your environment, clearly defined age, ra age range, guardrails. Kids should know this before service, before your service starts. Take a few moments and go over. Listen, in our classrooms, this is what happens. We're not going to tolerate any spitting. We're not going to tolerate any running, blah, 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 blah. Go over these things. And again, these are things that we go through, and we, but we move through on Sunday because service starts. We got to go. But if you... You have to inspect what you expect or else you're not going to get it. So make sure you're doing stuff like this. Remind kids that they will be uh, uh, safe, respectful, responsible. You get what you allow if you don't lay down the expectations weekly. Almost done, almost done. Bullying. What's the tolerance? Zero, Zero tolerance, man. We, we don't tolerate any, any bullying at all in our ministry. And, and, and a, a child that's dealing with that, obviously they're dealing with something else internally, internally as well. And we have to make sure that we love on them. But also we need to set down the guardrails. They need to know if this is what's happening, this is bullying happening, it's a zero tolerance. And I don't know how long that means you don't have them in that actual environment. It may be different in your, in your area of ministry. But they may not be able to come back for two weeks. And that, that hurts, oh, but they need to be here to receive the love of Christ. No, they'll get the love of Christ. They'll be okay. Okay, and they'll learn not to bully when they come back into your environment. But you have to be firm with it or else they're not going to take you seriously. And when they come back next week, they're going to do it again with somebody else. And who do you blame when that happens? Us, right? There are consequences. Cybersecurity. Oh, boy. A lot of big words. So when it comes to your online safety. 
Make sure, and uh, you know, I don't know the different budgets, et cetera, who does what, et cetera, et cetera, but somebody in your environment, somebody in your church, there's an answer to every situation that's happening sitting in your congregation. Make sure that somebody knows how to read this stuff. Uh, when it comes to uh, how you collect your information online, somebody signs up, they want to sign up for, for tithing online or they give you information online. There is the general data protection regulation. If somebody calls that, hey, I, I just did this on your website. I want to get all that information back. I want you to get rid of it. Do you know who in your church is the person that gets rid of that stuff? Because there can be a legal matter for you if you don't know how to take them out of the system. Well, it's easy. I just go into fellowship one and delete them. No, it's not. That information is still there somewhere. You have to know how to get rid of it. Um, California Online Protection, how does your website respond to uh, tracking requests? Take a picture of all this stuff. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at Roy, R-O-Y, R-O-Y at C-B-Glades, G-L-A-D-E-S dot com. Roy at C-B-Glades dot com. This is a whole nother, uh, this is a whole nother uh, monster in itself, making sure that you are protected, protected online. Because a lot has happened in the last two years that will allow people to do things, even getting in, getting, hacking into your website. All this stuff's possible. It's happened. So make sure that someone is able to read this stuff, okay? Um, I know I'm rushing, but it's almost time. Lastly, action steps. Here you go. Start somewhere. If you're not doing everything that we spoke about today, start somewhere. Pick a spot. Pick a spot that you want to go and just start somewhere. Um, background check should be what? Why? Because we don't know who wants to hurt our children. There's some horrible people out there, guys. Do the background checks. Um, get your consistent volunteers to love your children's ministry. What I mean by that is if you have people that are, you know, they're hyper-passionate about your ministry, connect with them in a small circle. Like, bring them around, get into a meeting with them, take them to lunch, whatever. get them into a small circle and find out what their heart is, find out what their ideas are for your ministry. I promise you, it'll help to create more safer environments. If you have them at the same level that you are, they're pouring into your ministry. Get them connected. And if you have any questions, email me. And I hope and I pray that I have helped you in some way today. So thank you guys so much for the opportunity. We want to thank you for joining us as we get to know the voices of Orange Conference 23. Now, if you like this episode, we'd also love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out all of the workshops and get your tickets to Orange Conference 23 at theorangeconference.com. We'll see you next time on the Think Orange Podcast.